Top of the podcast to you there, listeners. How are you today? This is going to not make any sense because this episode is going to release on Friday. But today it's St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yes, it is. It's Tuesday, March 17th, and we are back in my pseudo-home office recording studio place. Um, and I'm with Dave, as always. How are you, man? I'm doing well, and it's good to be back with you again, and looking forward to talking about some scripture and what Jesus had to say. And, and avoiding cheesy Irish accents the rest of the show, I promise. <laughs> All right, well, it's a short week for us. Yes. We recorded last Thursday, and now it's Tuesday, so it's a quick turnaround, but uh, we have some... Well, I think we're going to cover two... two big topics today, but one of them is definitely uh, a little more of a hot topic, I would say, than than others. We're going to cover divorce and oaths and keeping your word and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I think both very, very important things, but divorce is a bit more of a uh, touchy subject than yes. the other one. So um, I think we're just going to d- dive right in. Sure. I mean, that sounds like an idea to me. <laughs> <laughs> so Dave, why don't you go ahead and read for us? the passage and then we'll we'll get right to our questions sure we're going to read from matthew 5 31 through 37 it was it was also said whoever divorces his wife let him give her a certificate of divorce but i say to you that everyone who divorces his wife except on the ground of sexual immorality makes her commit adultery and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery again you have heard that it was said of those of old you shall not swear falsely but you shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than that comes from evil. All right. So... I guess an important starting point, we have to kind of see this um, in the context of of the teaching. Jesus just got done talking about uh, anger and lust, and then in between anger and lust and keeping your word and saying what you're going to do, he throws in this whole divorce thing. I think it's Mm -hmm. actually a really clever place for the divorce to sit in between the do what you say you're going to do, keep Mm -hmm. your commitments, and don't lust yes um, there's the the divorce piece but why is why is divorce such a big thing to um to jesus i mean it he takes specific time you know he speaks about the kingdom of god he speaks about all these very important uh characteristics um character traits of god why, why does divorce get its own little special treatment well i I mean, what I'm, what I would say is, is, and it's one of the things that I've kind of touched on here over the past couple of weeks is, I just, I think marriage is a metaphor, a symbol of the relationship that we have with God. So I think, in that sense of, um, you know, this is what. This is what it represents: is our relationship with him, and how we're, you know, he even refers to him, us as brides, and him as the bridegroom, um, in in parables. And so, um, marriage, I think, again, it, it it 
demonstrates, it illustrates our relationship with him. Um, secondly, you know, I think it's, it's his design. Um, you know, we talked too earlier on in our podcast about, you know, creation and the importance of him finding a suitable mate, mm-hmm. uh, for Adam. So, um, you know, uh, I think God takes it very seriously and there's an element of, we swear an oath before him. We, we, sh- we have vows that we commit to before God. And, uh, so I think that's one of the reasons why, um, that it is important. What other thoughts do you have? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, to, to kind of, um, well, to agree with what you said, yeah, uh, Divorce is important because marriage is important. Right. Um, you can't you can't place such a high emphasis on marriage, and then not address divorce. Yeah. Like, it it would not make any sense for for you know, the Bible to paint such a beautiful picture of what marriage is supposed to be. And what it represents, like you said, with Christ in the church, and then just be like, "Oh, sure, get divorced. It's cool as long as you give her a certificate. Yeah. Like, congratulations." Yeah. Uh, it it wouldn't make any sense to me for um, there not to be the the comments on the other um, side. So I think divorce is an important issue because marriage is an incredibly important issue. Um, I think. I mean. We'll get we'll get into the whole sexual immorality thing later, but that's really like the only caveat that that God gives. The rest is well, you said it for better or worse. You know, you you should have mm-hmm. meant it when you said it. Um, and I just think that it, it kind of uh, putting such a um, a strong stance on divorce. I mean, there's no way around what Jesus says. You can't say. Well, it's not. It's black and white. Like, divorce is not a good thing. The only time that it should even be allowable is in this one particular instance. Uh, it kind of, I think, to me shows the amount of weight you should make in the decision to get married in the first place. Sure. Um, you know, there's so many um you know celebrities that get married get divorced get remarried get divorced get re- you know they're, they're on like their fourth or fifth spouse and we grow up seeing the tabloids and you know all the tv shows about you know who's kim kardashian married to this week and and all that sort of stuff and it becomes so normal that we can begin to think well it's just it's just money to get divorced you know and it, it, it's like marriage has become dating mm-hmm um, and if you read what the Bible has to say about marriage, that's not the case at all. Um, and so I think if we take, if we kind of view marriage through the lens of divorce and what the Bible says, like it's a much, uh, oh, what's, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, it's a much more serious endeavor than our culture would care to, um, put on marriage mm-hmm. um you know and with the whole push for uh um marriage equality and you know the the legal ability for uh, homosexuals to be married um you know there's there's a lot of 
there's a lot of room for Christians to say and do really, really stupid things. Um, but I think it is one of the areas where Christians have an opportunity to speak the truth of the gospel in a gracious way, even if they disagree with what legislation gets passed. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't we don't really have to go into all that if we don't want to. Um, I just think that if we if we approach marriage today um, the way that Scripture tells us to, that you know uh, a man is to love his wife as Christ loves the church, is to sacrifice for, her, and then. You know, there's that whole, the wife should, you know, should submit to her husband. Well, frankly, if your husband's acting like Christ to you, <laughs> it's not going to be that hard. And it's not going to be like torture to do that, right? Um, but if we approach marriage and divorce with the seriousness and the weight that scripture brings to it, then you know, that, that in and of itself can be an incredible witness to the people around you. Yeah. You know, and, and that might be you and your wife or, or you and your spouse are going through just some hellacious stuff, but you stick together through it right. because Christ is called. It doesn't mean your marriage is going to be perfect. No, you're still two people that live together. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going you're gonna to do, you know, something stupid at some point, um, but that, that commitment that Christ calls us to might be that opportunity for you to tell your friend at work, like, the reason we didn't get divorced was because yeah. of what Christ has done for it, you know? Um, so I just, yeah, I just, it's a serious thing because of what it entails. Yeah. Um, the ending of a marriage should not be as simple as it is made today. Not that, I mean, not that, that made it sound like divorce is an easy thing, and that's, it's <laughs> not, and I didn't mean to, so talk Dave I'm gonna well and you know again what is the focus uh you know people leave a marriage because they are not getting what they want out of it you you know you're you don't do x so I'm going to leave Mm -hmm. and I don't think that's what it's about I think marriage is about serving the person that you are married to and doing things for them and you know, again, dying to self and being selfless. And, you know, when I was performing weddings and doing marriage counseling, mm-hmm. pre-marriage counseling, I would tell people, you are willingly choosing to spend your life with another sinful, selfish human being. And so you need to understand on the front end that this person's not going to change. And everything that you think about great that's great and wonderful about them could very easily become the very things that annoy the heck out of you in a few years. And so, again, it's what's the focus? What is it? And again, um, you know, why are you wanting to leave that marriage? It's probably because you feel like you've been wronged. You are not getting what you want out of it. And the reality is the idea behind marriage is serving the other person. Um, It's... uh, Gomer in the Old Testament. Uh, who's Gomer's husband? I'm going to draw a blank now. I'm going to have to look oh, this up here uh, real quick. It was... Oh, gosh. Uh... <laughs> I can, like... I feel like it's on the tip of my tongue and I can't remember. But time and time again, she Is cheats it... on him. I don't no. think it's... I don't think so. She cheats on him time and time again. 
Yeah, she's a hooker, isn't she? Yeah, and he brings, he comes, you know, accepts her back. And as you're reading it, you're kind of like, you stupid idiot. Why are you bringing her um, oh my gosh, I'm so back excited. again? And it's and really the reason that you know God is saying is is basically uh, this is my relationship with Israel. You know, mm-hmm. this is uh, uh, Hosea. Yeah, I wasn't even close. So, God directed him to take her as his wife, and she was a prostitute, and she continued to go and. Could you imagine if someone did that today? Like, what sort no. of... Like, how that would... I cannot. ...get portrayed <laughs> in... ...in, like, the media and all the Christian circles. <laughs> that would be... Sometimes, sometimes I wish that some of these stories, like Jonah and the Whale and... Um, like Jericho, like we were talking about last week, and even like this Gomer thing, like happened in recent memory. Not so like people would be like, oh look, the Bible's true, because like, I just want to see how people reacted to that stuff. Um, you know, it, w- it wouldn't make me believe any stronger than I already do, but it would just be so interesting to see how um, everybody else would have reacted from the outside about hearing, you know, through the news or through the grapevine that, oh my gosh, did you hear about that town in the other side of the country? They walked around this building seven times <laughs> and then it fell down. Um, but, anyhow, that was a bit of a... Aside. So, alright, why, why is sexual immorality, why is that the only allowance for divorce that Jesus gives here? Why not... But he's a really big jerk, or she blew all of our money and some whatever, or uh, I, I don't know what other fake situation I can come up with. But why? Why is it just this one thing? Um, you know, I just again I go back to the whole what's the purpose behind marriage, and and you know I love I, love is obviously. You know, I know it's a probably a, a modern day thing, the idea of, of love, because arranged marriages weren't that long ago, and still, they still happen a lot. <laughs> yeah, and um, and we don't have the you know plethora of resources that allow us to meet people from really all over the world. Uh, so I, I, you know, I would say love and. And that and being made happy by the marriage is more of a modern thought process. Um, but ultimately, it was about serving the other person, living for the other person. And, you know, going back to Genesis, uh, the two become one flesh. I mean, there's you, you give something to another person when you have sex with them, when you're in an intimate relationship with them. And so... Uh, I do think that bond is broken to a degree. Now, it doesn't, uh, you know, uh, I'd like to hope that that wouldn't completely end my marriage if my wife or I were to be unfaithful to each other. I hope our marriage, you know, you say that, it's like, there's more to a marriage than just the physical aspect of it, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, there is definitely a, a bond that is broken 
by being intimate with another human being that I think violates the marriage vow in a way things like spending money or uh, being a jerk <laughs> doesn't. Um, it's it's really kind of the... I, I guess if you were to ask me, it would probably be the worst thing to have happen to me. You know, it, it, easily in the top three, top five, you know, losing a child would be up there. Um, yeah. You know, illness <laughs> illness of a family member would be up there, mm -hmm. but to have a, a my wife do that would be devastating. So, I guess just speaking from my own, it would just be one of the worst things to have happen to me. And I guess even talking about those other things, that's the one where there's sort of like this choice of choosing not me, choosing mm -hmm. against me, and choosing against our marriage, and choosing against our family there's just so much of a choice uh there that really kind of uh, nullifies the marriage vows and the oaths that we take so what do you think falls under the term sexual immorality i know that's because we talked about that last week about <laughs> if you committed lust then you committed adultery so does that mean everybody's basically gotten out from marriage because we've all <laughs> probably committed adultery? Actually, I'd be willing to bet that's probably like 100% we've all committed <laughs> adultery. Cause... Well, we, it says we've committed it in our hearts, which I guess is like, you know, bad. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose there are like the Sheldon Coopers out there that oh, gosh. don't ever... <laughs> I think, uh... Look at, don't look at women that way, but. I just, yeah, I don't know. That's. I think, I mean, well, I think, I know Jesus is smart, and, and he's, I think he's being very smart here because, you know, there, there are some of us that are already looking for the loophole, that are looking for how can I paint what my spouse has done as sexual immorality so that I can get out of this and get what I want. And, you know, um, I, I, I tend to think in in a majority of divorces, one person gets railroaded and the other person gets exactly what they want. Mm -hmm. um, like we, we know of a situation where um, a young couple's getting divorced. Um, they've been married maybe two or three years. Um, and one one of the two is getting exactly what they want in every possible way, and the other the other person is just getting they have to restart their lives completely. Right. Um, and they're they're just getting screwed in every possible way, and it's just one of those you just kind of scratch your head, and you're like, are people this selfish that they are willing to do that to someone that they said they wanted to spend the rest of you know like it's not just like you're you are. Uh, being rude or uh, getting the better of a stranger in a in like a competition where that's no this is someone that you before God and your entire friends and family said I choose to spend the rest of my life with you and then not two or three years later you're saying um yeah screw you I'm gonna go take everything that I want and you have a fun rest of your life I don't ever want to like I just it blows my mind um so I think you were spot on about the choice uh, as
aspect of the sexual immorality. Like, you were you were consciously choosing to go do something that is meant only for you and your spouse mm-hmm. with another person. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the, the big trigger. And I think, honestly, this is God being gracious to us by giving us this right one. Because, um, I, I mean, he could have said no divorce yeah. whatsoever. And if, if your spouse is sleeping around, well, you better suck it up. Because guess what I do every day? I suck up while you... <laughs> yeah, he could have done that. Exactly, and that's it. Because he does that with us. I mean, I've cheated on him multiple times. Multiple, come on, Dave. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't give up on me. So, yeah, that's. I think that's another way to to, to frame the whole the whole marriage and divorce thing is to think about. Like, if if my wife were to cheat on me, I don't know if I could ever look her in the face again. I would be devastated, and I I don't know if I am. Uh, strong enough, compassionate enough, and gracious enough that I would ever be able to even speak to her after that happened. Um, but then when you frame it like how God treats us, I like, oh, know. It made like it 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 makes me feel like uh, a child in how I would want to react to the situation, but it also shows me how deep right god's love so it's it's that duel of man cam you have so much growing and so much maturing and so much to learn but it also is like man god is so good yes because i know how i would react in that situation and his reaction is totally different yeah than than the first 30 that i would have (laughs) yeah because what we do to him is way worse is truly worse than our spouse cheating on us it is That's truly worse so than that. so hard to wrap your mind around because I can't think of much worse. No. And I probably, I might, I might not do it daily, <laughs> but <laughs> no, I don't know that I'm that bad. I mean, it's just, I don't always put him first, I guess is the thing. I do choose other things over him often. Yeah. And I don't know that that's, I don't know if I'm willing to dissect that so much, but... Alright, well, any other thoughts on divorce before we jump to the next section? Uh, you know, I the only thought that I've just had about divorce is it seems to be one of those things where, as a Christian community, we seem willing to kind of look the other way on it. If it is just, well, he's a jerk, or he's not a Christian, or she's not a Christian, or... She's, you know, impossible to live with or whatever. Um, you know, this person is, is seeking after, you know, this half is seeking after God and wanting to do the right thing and have a Christian life, but this half is not doing that. Well, then they have a right to leave that person. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I think God holds us to a higher standard than what we do. And I really do just think this is one of those things where we've chosen to be like, it's not important. We've devalued marriage, period. Mm-hmm. And kind of even what you want, you know, go down the road of homosexual, one man, one woman, you know, all this stuff that people want to throw out there. It's like, 
you know what, folks? We kind of kicked that to the curb a long time ago. Because we don't hold marriage to the sacred level that we really claim to. Yeah. Uh, and I would even go so far as maybe to even, maybe this isn't what we're all about, but maybe more on the political side of things of, you know, people want to hold us to this certain standard in the political realm mm -hmm. when it's like, no, you've, <laughs> you've not kept the standard of marriage where it should be. Well, and I think the reason long it's, it's easy for a lot of, uh, people uh that that you know are christians to to try and throw uh, uh the homosexual uh, equal, uh marriage equality thing and, and like oh marriage is sacred is because they get to point the finger at somebody else exactly and, it, and that and that to me is what makes it even worse than some of the things that have been like like i certainly from a from a uh place of of uh faith in what the bible says i i don't think that um homosexual marriage should be allowed but from a political standpoint we don't live in a theocracy yeah we live in a country that has not been christian for a long 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 ever really because it was built on religious freedom not on christianity but so so to legislate um faith i don't think is right <laughs> there there's there's a there's a great divide between between what the law is and what and what the bible says um in a lot of areas and i just think it's really easy for christians to point the finger at other people and say you are wrong you shouldn't be allowed to do that when mm -hmm. uh, i'm pretty sure congress doesn't give a crap what the bible says and about, no. they want they want to make their citizens happy yeah and if because they want to get reelected and make a crap ton of money for doing nothing yeah Sorry, I'm not taking a little <laughs> soapbox here. But my, my, the point is, I, I agree with you that, yeah, there's... Um, the the church has not valued marriage the way that the Bible does. In yeah. that, I mean, the, the divorce numbers in the church and out of the church, depending on what study you look at and how recent it is, the numbers are not that far off. Yeah. They're really not. Nope. So, and then, you know, and then I guess it's just, I'm even having a couple of just other quick thoughts of just, you know, um, I, mm, my parents are divorced. My wife's parents are divorced. You know, I don't, at the same time, I don't even want to suggest that, um, divorce is an easy solution or that people enter it into, you know, I don't, I don't want to make it into be it that people enter into it lightly or that people aren't hurt by it, you know, and that even in that, talking about the church and making a light of marriage, I definitely believe that, you know, Jesus is all about healing those hurts mm -hmm. and making people whole again if they have been through a divorce, whether they're the person that left or, or, the that got, left. or got the left. So I, I don't want to come across that way either of just saying that divorce is, well, we're making light of divorce and... So if anybody, you know, should be listening, I, I do not intend that or we don't intend that at all. And especially and that, because divorce can be such a um, touchy, um, sore topic to, touch, to talk about. Um, but, I mean, we're just focusing on it because that's the, 
mm-hmm. like we did with lust right. last week and, and anger. It's just, but it is such a um, personal yeah topic to talk about that. Yeah, we could definitely offend people if we aren't <laughs> careful. If we've offended you, let us know. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> no do let us know. Like, we're not going to plug the social media right now. <laughs> We'll do that. We'll do that later. Sorry. That was really worse than anything. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, just I, I guess just know our heart that we're hoping that uh that the discussion uh points you towards Jesus and 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 wanting him to make you whole. Uh even if divorce has been a part of your life. <laughs> Dave's asking serious questions on the podcast. My thumb, my thumb thing isn't working. Uh oh. <laughs> Touch ID is broken. Touch ID, okay. Anyhow, should I go ahead and read the? Yes. Idea? All right. So to refresh all of our memories, it says again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall, uh, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is His footstool, or even by Jerusalem. For it is the city of the great king, and do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Now, I don't know about you, but that to me is incredibly practical, and I love it because it's just like slow down, quit it with the fancy talk, mm-hmm. just do what you're gonna say, or yeah, do what you say you're gonna do. And then don't do what you say you're not going to do. Like, yeah. yes or no, that's it. None yeah. of this, oh, by my mom's grave or stick a needle in my eye, cross my heart. None of that yeah. gibberish. Just if you say you're going to do something, do it. Do it. And if you say you're not going to do something, then don't. <laughs> like, it doesn't get more cut and dry and practical than that. Very true. Um, so, why is it important? to do this like what what is what is what is so important about um doing what you say you're going to do and not doing what you say you're not going to do like why is it so important that jesus decided to go right from divorce into this because like sexual immorality and promiscuity like you there there are uh, obvious consequences to those sorts of things mm-hmm. uh damage to relationships damage to your soul potentially even physical damage if you sleep with the wrong person. Yeah. Not making grandiose oaths kind of seems to be a little bit less obvious as to why it may be so important, but I'd love to know what you think. Um, well, it, I, I do believe that when Jesus is, is talking he, in this particular moment, he very, very much has the Pharisees in mind in that they had they had really reached a a point in their culture where um you know they were swearing by god you know like when they would say they would do something they wouldn't just do it it's like you said it would be with a huge oath attached to it that they were doing things and even to the point of not swearing by the temple but by swearing of by the gold that is in the temple you know <laughs> And that's why he's kind of talking about don't swear by heaven, don't swear by... I mean, he's he's just kind of removing, you know, 
all of that stuff that they want to put out there as to what you can swear by. And again, uh, you know, one of the, I don't know if it's a buzzword, but the word that you hear a lot today is integrity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're talking about here is integrity. Just do what you say you're going to do. Your actions need to match your words. And um, my understanding of the Bible is that at this particular time, the Pharisees had a particular habit of using big fancy oaths when they would say they would do something, and then they just wouldn't do it. Uh, and it was kind of like... See, now I'm thinking of the quote from Anchorman. By the beard of Zeus! Like, <laughs> <laughs> I shall do this. Yeah, I think I think the integrity thing is key. And we'll jump down to the, the question I had about that. Was I, I wrote, how to, how to trust and trustworthiness factor into simplifying your oath. And I, I think it is that point, like your integrity and your in the strength of your character because i've found in, in my experience when i or other people are saying oh i swear i'm gonna do it or oh you know whatever it is they say they swear by you know it's always because the person that they are swearing or making this oath to has reasonable grounds not to trust a word coming out of their mouth yes and so it's always to me been oh i promise i'm gonna do it um you know i swear on my grandmother's grave or which i don't even know what that means like i've never understood that either <laughs> by the dirt cover I, I just why is that a big deal um but it's always been in situations where they're trying to regain the trust that they've just broken or the promise that they have not fulfilled because mm-hmm. they don't ever intend to and so i think there's a part of that in here too is like if you say if you do what you say you're gonna do, and you don't do what you say you're not gonna do, then you don't have a reason to come up with these grandiose ways of saying no. that. No, because people know. Okay, Cam said, yeah, he's gonna do it. So he's gonna do. <laughs> like, there's no need for me to get verbose about it. Right. If I'm consistent in what I say and what I do. There's no need for all of the speech. It's just, yeah, I'll do that, or no, I can't, or no, I won't. Yep. Um, and so, to me, it's yeah, it's it's about having established trust and integrity with that individual. Yeah. In fact, I I mean, um, as someone who does investigations and interrogations of people, oh gosh, that, <laughs> I bet you hear this all the time. That when somebody <laughs> says. I swear to you blank to be totally honest with you blank. If, if I start getting the, I swear to God, I promise you, I, or here's the other one. I swear on the lives of my kids. That's one I hear a lot that it's like, I know to keep questioning them. I know to keep an interrogating because they, they feel like they have to throw that out there. And I don't want to give away too many of our secrets, but that, you know, that is one that when, you know, I'm sitting across the interview. Ah, oh, I did it again. When I'm sitting across, <laughs> when I'm sitting across the interview or interrogation table with you, and those things come out of your mouth, I'm going to keep asking you questions, and I'm going to gear my questioning on the line along the lines of. I don't believe what you are telling me because you are, 
insisting on swearing or promising or, you know, putting that out there. So. Well, we just now we we just nailed our uh, key demographic for this show. Oh yeah. Potential convicts. Potential convicts. <laughs> we can teach them about Jesus and how to get out of interrogations. It's a win-win. All right. Oh, my goodness. Well, that, I guess, leads in great to what is probably going to be our last main question. And and Dave added this one. Yes. Which you'll find out why in a second. <laughs> Should we take an oath in a court of law? And swear to tell the whole truth. Something, something, nothing but the truth. The truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, right? Yes. You ever watch How I Met Your Mother, Dave? I have seen that, yes. There's, uh, you know, Marshall the Lawyer? Yes. Jason the Seagull? Mm-hmm. He has a funk band from law school, and they were called The Funk, The Whole Funk, and Nothing But The Funk. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But anyways, back to our question. Should we take an oath in a court of law? I'm going to let you roll with this one, because <laughs> this is not my area of expertise. Well, honestly, I didn't know. I had never... Before being a police officer, I'd never been in court. And so the first time I went down there, down, I say down, the police, the police department is on the second level of a building Mm -hmm. and the courts are on the first floor of the building. (laughs) So that's why when I say go down, that's where my mental frame of mind is coming from. Um, I was worried about, I was worried, not worried. I was, I wondered because I had never, ever had to swear an oath before. So I kind of looked into it and I think it is perfectly permissible for Christians to uh, swear to tell the truth in a court of law. Uh, I believe Jesus does that before the Sanhedrin. Uh, And I probably should have looked this verse up. But you're being asked to to swear. You you yourself are not kind of throwing it out there uh, to give yourself some credibility. When you get up... uh, in uh, where I'm at in Kansas, they don't they don't mention God. There's no Bible involved. Oh really? And basically None they the, they this stuff. Yeah, you hold up your right hand, and they basically say. they they ask you, do you do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? And I always, I always answer, I do. <laughs> so, because the question they ask is, do you? So I say, I do. Um, so yeah, I. I don't think that's what it is talking about here, based on my study of of, uh, of giving an oath uh, or swearing or you know letting your yes be yes and your no be no. Um, you are just kind of making a commitment to tell the truth. Now, interestingly enough, if you were somewhere where they were asking you to swear and there was a Bible and all that kind of stuff and you are not comfortable with that, our constitution allows you to affirm the truth versus swearing the truth. <laughs> so is... <laughs> you can basically, instead of saying, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God, you can simply say, I affirm that I will tell that my, that all my answers will be truthful. Now you can do it on the spot when you're in the courtroom, uh-huh. or if before you know that you're going to have to give testimony in court, you can let you know, the particular attorney or prosecutor or, you know, whoever you're working with that I'm not comfortable swearing in a court of law, but I am comfortable affirming that I'm going to tell the truth. Well, so, it seems like semantics, but okay. Well, it does seem like semantics, but Why not? Yeah. if somebody feels better affirming to tell the truth than swearing to tell the truth, then you can do that. So, wow. 
I was just thinking about uh, kind of like the theme. I mean, divorce and and keeping your word. I mean, they do go together. If you, I, if you really yeah. think about it, like you know, cursory glance, like anger, lust, divorce, they all seem to be kind of. And then you're like, oaths. Yeah, that's. I don't take oaths. I'm not a doctor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I really, I really do think that the the. Uh, the idea of integrity and the idea of honesty and being uh, forthright applies to both yep. situations. Um, and, you know, I think one of the, the... The word that comes to mind is blessings of of marriage is that when you don't keep your word... There should be for you, you. You get to experience forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, you may hurt the other person's feelings, and you you have trust to rebuild. Um, and I'm not talking about like your wife asks you to go get milk and you forget. Like, you don't have to rebuild rebuild a whole lot of trust. You just say, okay, I'll put it in my phone and I, you know. Yeah. But something that could lead to divorce, but there's a lot of trust that has to be, you know, rebuilt there, and so. I think, especially in the in the um, the arena of marriage, keeping your word and having integrity about what you say you will and mm-hmm. will not do is incredibly important. Yes. Um, I just yeah the the idea of of being in that relationship of, of Christ and the church and, and and the integrity and the sacrifice and. The effort that goes into maintaining that is—we could probably talk about that. Although I've only been married for like five and a half years, so I still have like you know <laughs> decades of learning ahead of me um, about what it means to be a husband and, and you know, hopefully a father at some point. Um, but I think I think the main thing to to take away from this is just how important it is to have godly integrity. Um, in all areas, but especially when it comes to our relationships with yeah. friends and spouses. Well, and I think that it, you know, one of the things that goes a long way is the willingness to be able to say, I was wrong and I need you to forgive me or I'm asking for, for your forgiveness because yeah. it's not easy to admit you're wrong or at least it's not for me or to admit that you made a mistake and then to kind of put it out there of, I need to be forgiven and that goes a long, long way to, <laughs> in fact, I honestly, I think that's probably one of the most important things is to forgive and to, and to admit when you've messed up and to ask for forgiveness too. Yeah. I think I, my, I'm willing to forgive Meredith for, I, I forgive her more easily than I forgive anybody else on the planet. Um, and I, I suppose that's good because she's my wife. Right. <laughs> it doesn't mean I don't ever get angry or I don't ever get offended or I don't ever get hurt. But I am I am way more willing to forgive her than I am anybody else. Yeah. And it's not even close. Um, including myself. I uh, I don't know about you, but I, I, I find it very, very hard to forgive myself when I do stupid or hurtful things. To, especially to her, but, you know, yeah. to, to, you know, my sisters or my parents or 
or any of my friends and and so it's almost easier for me to be like it's okay Meredith like I forgive you like I'm obviously still upset but we're good yeah than it is for me to be like okay I'm it's okay. Like, no, I, I just get so um, upset when I do stupid stuff that I find it very difficult to forgive myself. And that's, that's fun. <laughs> Anyways, that wasn't really going anywhere. Just wanted to get that off my chest for some reason. Who knows? Anyhow, you think we're good, Dave? I think we're good. It's going to be a shorter episode. It is shorter, but I'm still absolutely amazed at how quickly our time goes by. Yeah, that's... Well, I think we're going to call it good here. We'll eventually figure out a professional way to end our episodes, but we're just (laughs) going to go with it this way. Um, So thank you so much for listening, really. Um, We are not professionals. We are not radio DJs. We are not... I mean, we're not stupid, but... We're certainly not scholars. Right. Um, so we just appreciate that you listen. And uh, we really would honestly love to hear from you guys. Um, and you can do that over Twitter, which is at uh, MasterclassFM. You can get to Dave at 10.8HBO. That's T-E-N, the number 8, HBO. And it's handled by Officer, not Home Box Office, in case you're wondering. <laughs> And uh, I'm at Cam Brennan. Um, you can also email us, masterclassfm at gmail.com if you, what you want to share is a little bit longer than 140 words. Or, whew, so much. If Facebook is more your speed, you can go to facebook.com slash masterclassfm and find our page there. Uh, we would just we just want to know how you're doing, what you think about the scriptures that we're reading. Do you think that we're stupid? Do you think that we're kind of okay? Do you have thoughts? Because guess what? You're going to think of something that, that me and Dave didn't. Let's just be honest. And we want to know what you have to say. You can find all the show notes for this episode at masterclassfm.com slash masterclass slash eight. Or if you're listening to a, the podcast on your phone, your podcast app probably has them too. I think that's good. That's all I got. Should we give a, an Irish blessing? <laughs> I don't know if I know an Irish blessing. Oh, the St. Patrick blessing. Christ before you, Christ behind you, Christ beside you, Christ above you, Christ something like that, Christ below you. I'm pretty sure that's St. Patrick. (laughs) I don't know. Anyhow, I guess we're done. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Good night.